0: My name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, which I then share with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting that took place between October 11th and October 12th, 2022. Our council meetings take place over two days, but I usually only report on one, and that's because the public comment portion is on Tuesday, which I usually skip. But this week, I tuned in to both days because redistricting was on the menu, and I knew there were people organizing to comment on that. So first, I'll go over the public speakers' talking points in broad strokes. Here we go. A representative from Spark Parks plugged Spark Week, which is November 14th through the 18th, 2023 will be the 40th anniversary of the Spark Park program. Big things are planned. Three people advocated for Freedmanstown to remain in District C rather than move to District H as proposed. Five people advocated for District I to keep precincts 69 and 530 as well as to absorb precincts 527, 181, and 221. Much of the redistricting process talks about moving voting precincts around, not necessarily because they really need to be kept in the same district, but more so because they are just small chunks of easily identifiable territory. This proposed plan would keep the Magnolia Park and Smith's Crossing neighborhoods intact and keep Super Neighborhood 65 and 82 in one district. District I is a Hispanic Opportunity District because it has a majority Hispanic population. So these speakers argued that gentrification is forcing the historic community out, weakening their voting power. For a little background, District H reported a population loss in the last census, which is causing some of this shuffle in the redistricting process. Councilmember Gallegos said the census numbers are not accurate because many Hispanic people were frightened to fill out the census. When one speaker asked why their community, who are directly affected by changes made in the proposed plan, were not involved in the process, Gallego said, quote, I appreciate you asking that question. I am the council member. I'm the only Latino sitting around this horseshoe, and I was not even informed about what was happening, end quote. Several speakers noted the challenges they face, like pollution from nearby petrochemical plants, and said the redistricting proposal will weaken their ability to advocate for themselves. The above-mentioned suggestion will improve community cohesion because they already share resources. Gallegos was critical of the redistricting process, accusing the planning department of attempting to divide the Hispanic vote. He cited these neighborhoods' unique threats from the Port of Houston, railroads, and petrochemical plants. He said, quote, we don't need two council members to fight the fight. We need a unified neighborhood, a council member that's going to fight, end quote. And these were, not to be too on the nose, fighting words. The audience applauded this and were then reminded that clapping is not allowed. Gallegos really seemed frustrated with other council members today, but especially butted heads with council members Cisneros and Cayman. Seven people from the Southwest Crossing neighborhood in District K complained about a center point propane facility in their neighborhood. The facility is not yet in operation. They complain it is built dangerously close to a residential area and will harm their community if an accident occurs. They called the facility an environmental injustice and want the city's help advocating with the state. Mayor Turner and District K Council Member Castex-Tatum both blamed lax zoning laws and said the facility and all center point business is out of the city's control. They did offer support to community members advocating at the state level. A representative from Texas Humane Legislation Network spoke in support of the Humane Pet Store Ordinance, which you might remember was under attack last week from employees of Petland. She said, this is a solid ordinance, well vetted by advocates, industry professionals, and adopted by many other Texas cities. She argued this ordinance is a necessary step in the struggle to reduce animal overpopulation. Councilmember Alcorn supported it as well. Moving on from the public comment, I'm gonna go over the mayor's report. October is National Code Compliance Month. Many of the city's code enforcement officers from the fire department, the permitting department, and public works received recognition from the mayor and their department heads. There was one code officer in the chamber who's been working for the city for 36 years. This was a really nice moment. Mayor Turner praised the gun buyback event on Saturday, October 8th. They collected over 1,200 guns, including automatic weapons, and paid out $200,000. Turner said there were long lines all day and thanked District F's Council Member Thomas and Commissioner Ellis for their support. Gun buyback number three is forthcoming, details TBD. Turner mentioned a commercial attacking Democratic Harris County judges, claiming Houston has more murders than Chicago. Turner cautioned that this is not a partisan issue, but the commercial is, quote, peddling outright lies he called for its immediate removal and warned against believing information in political ads. Now we'll move on to some selected agenda items. Item two approved $204,000 to contract out kennel cleaning at Bark due to staffing shortages. Item 12 approved spending $93,000 on two portable backpackable x-ray systems that will be used to acquire images for bomb diagnostics for HPD during bomb squad operations. I was really hoping they would look like Ghostbusters backpacks, but I looked them up and I am sad to report that they do not. Item 13 approved the Nature Preserve Ordinance, which will preserve Houston's most significant natural habitats in 26 parks throughout the city. The ordinance will regulate public use of these city-owned natural areas to protect native wildlife, ecosystems, and to reap benefits like carbon storage, reduced urban heat islands, and improved air quality. Here's some copy from the support documents. The preserve will not contain traditional or customary facilities or improvements associated with a public park, think like tennis courts, but they may contain improvements to support passive recreational activities. Most of the parks have both a nature preserve area and an existing developed area that contains active recreation amenities. Additional proposed amenities include trails, benches, signage, trash cans, and bird friendly lighting. Item 15 denied increased rate changes by Entergy, which serves about 1,800 customers in Kingwood. In July, Entergy announced their intention to raise rates. The Steering Committee of Cities Coalition, a group of cities with Entergy customers, including Houston, hired consultants to review Entergy's request and determined that Entergy's request is, quote, substantially overstated. So they were denied. And this really made my day. We love to see it. Item 16 approved spending $2.5 million for the upcoming bond election. Item 31 approved 370000 for the Spark Park program. Spark is a nonprofit organization that funds public park and recreational improvements at public schools for public use during non-school hours. Love a Spark Park. Item 36 approved $525,000 for bikeway design projects, described as the design of new bikeways within the City of Houston that consist of secured bike lanes with barriers where required, pavement markers, and signage identifying designated and shared bike lanes. Finally, redistricting. Item 43 approved the new city council district map after much discussion and several amendments. State and local law dictates how city council districts are divided according to population, which means that every 10 years when the census is done, the map must be adjusted. There is a long list of criteria, but what was most discussed today was that there cannot be more than a 10% difference between the most populated and least populated district. I will call this variance. Councilmember Gallegos proposed an amendment to bring precinct 65 and 530 into District I, which keeps the Magnolia Park and Smith Edition neighborhoods intact, and to move precinct 890 from District I to H, which bolsters needed population in District H. Gallegos would have preferred to move a different, more Hispanic district to H in order to shore up the Hispanic vote there, but alleged that Councilmember Cisneros would not cooperate. Mayor Turner supported this amendment, and Councilmember Cisneros expressed support for this amendment and at the same time said Gallegos' allegations towards her were unfounded. Planning Director Margaret Wallace-Brown said the proposed map has a variance of 9.49%, so there is not much wiggle room for changes at all. After more sparring between Gallegos and Cisneros, this amendment passed. Next, Councilmember Kamen proposed an amendment to keep Freedmanstown in District C rather than moving it to District H as proposed. In exchange for Freedmanstown, she suggested moving portions of precincts 324 and 927 to District H, which would awkwardly split up the Garden Oaks and Candlelight Plaza neighborhoods. She conceded that this amendment was not an easy ask and said she didn't want to give up anything to other districts, but that, quote, we have an obligation to listen to constituents. Demographer Jerry Wood said that this proposed exchange would be a wash for Hispanic representation in both districts and maintains the correct variance. But he argued it splits two neighborhoods along very awkward lines, which is not ideal. Mr. Wood also said the two neighborhoods came and proposed moving to H are rapidly gentrifying, similar to Gallegos' complaint with moving precinct 890 to H, which means the Hispanic vote in H will weaken as time progresses. Director Wallace Brown said this amendment would change the variance to 9.93%, which is so close to 10%. Councilmember Cisneros strongly opposed this amendment. She cited many emails received from Garden Oaks and Candlelight Plaza people. They were unaware of the proposed change until the day before the vote and pleaded for their neighborhoods not to be split up. She said the needs of Freedmanstown should not come at the expense of other communities and likened this proposal to gerrymandering. Kamen asked city attorney Michelle if it was appropriate for the city to base redistricting decisions on projections of what we think might happen in the future. Michelle gave an unintelligible answer so full of legalese it truly bordered on nonsense. Kamen then shifted blame for the lack of communication with affected neighborhoods by explaining she submitted this amendment weeks ago, but didn't receive any response from the city. She pointed out other precincts and neighborhoods split in a similar manner. There was some spicy back and forth between Cayman and Cisneros, after which the mayor encouraged everyone to chill and direct their comments to him rather than to each other. Councilmember Alcorn asked if we could delay the vote to hear from the affected neighborhoods, and Cayman said that she was able to tag, but Mayor Turner was like, please do not do that, which made me laugh out loud. We are all ready to move on, except for maybe the Garden Oaks and Candlelight Plaza people. After a 15 minute break to crunch some numbers, came and suggested an amendment to her amendment. This was exciting stuff, you guys. She suggested moving precinct 30, which is Friedman's town, from H to C as originally requested in her amendment, but then moving all of 73 and 324 from C to H and leaving 927 alone. This would still split some of Garden Oaks, but other neighborhoods would remain whole. Mr. Wood said the amendment quote numerically appears to make H more of a Hispanic opportunity district. I think effectively it is less end quote. And what he means is that because of the assumption that ongoing gentrification will price out the traditional Hispanic community in these precincts that came and proposes moving. Mayor Turner did not support the amendment to the amendment or the original amendment for that matter. Councilmember Cisneros would not support this adjusted amendment because Garden Oaks would still be split. There was some discussion about whether or not we should use trend projections to make decisions. Councilmember Castex-Tatum said we shouldn't use assumptions and demographer Wood fired back that these are not assumptions. A trend line is a real thing based on data. Councilmember Thomas pointed out there is no African-American supermajority in any district, just as a point. Gallegos was so frustrated. He reminded everyone of the many Hispanic people who cannot vote because they are underage or are not citizens. And that is why we must work so much harder to protect the Hispanic vote. He begged fellow council members not to vote for this amendment because it will dilute the Hispanic vote in District H in the future. Now on to voting time. The amendment to the amendment passed. People who voted no were Turner, Martin, Cisneros, Gallegos, Knox, and Robinson. Everyone else voted for the amendment to the amendment. And then the amendment as amended also passed along the same voting lines. Regardless of how you feel about this amendment or the new city council map, it is always exciting when an amendment to anything passes because it means that something Mayor Turner didn't put forward himself or agree with will now be policy. In Houston's strong mayor system, this very seldom happens and it feels good when it does. All right, that's it for this week. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters, and if you want to help support us financially, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. This podcast has music from Joe Wozni. It was produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it for this week. My name is Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening.